0: All right, welcome back, uh, com podcast. We have been doing these um, sometimes sporadically every now and then over the last five months, Gabe DeArmond and Mitchell Forty. We will probably start doing them again a little bit more regularly because at least for the time being, football things are happening. Uh, I mean, Mitch, we've heard fall camp is happening. We We don't really, you know, they tell us it is so we will believe them um that that I want to say like right at the beginning that's not a complaint I get why we're not there I I get why we can't cover it like every other one it's just really weird Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's it is um you know it's it's strange to know so little about the the football team I mean Mm -hmm. I was doing a radio interview yesterday and they were asking questions. I was like, look, I don't, I don't know. Really know what to tell you. I haven't seen this team play since they finished the regular season against Arkansas in November when there's an entirely different offensive staff. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, it's been good to at least talk football a little bit with some of these players. Um, you know, these zoom interview formats aren't perfect by any means, but you know, it's at least a break from talking about testing numbers and stuff like that. Um, you know, so yeah. Uh we've we've written a few stories about it. I mean,
0: everybody's gotten bigger, stronger, faster. Everybody mm-hmm. has a, a really good work ethic. They all like each other. Uh yep. chemistry's good, a lot of camaraderie. A guys just working hard competing every day. you yep. know, I think I think that about covers it, right?
1: Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> no no one's gonna start at quarterback. <laughs> right. forgot that. Right.
0: Yeah, um Eli Drinkwitz is is not going to tell us. Um I remember Uh, I guess it would have been four years ago, 2016, uh, fall camp leading up to the West Virginia game. Um, we had way less access than we'd ever had before. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole idea behind that, at least this is what people, what fans thought at the time they said, well, you know, it's a new coaching staff. West Virginia is a tough first game. You don't want to give them any idea what, what you're doing. It's a brand new coaching staff. This is I, I like it. They're using it as an advantage. I mean, well, a it didn't work because West <laughs> Virginia was, they were just a lot better than Missouri that right. year, but also I, and like, whatever, use every advantage you can use. That's fine. But it lasts like two series. Yeah. I, I mean, unless we believe that, you know, Josh Heupel in 2016 or Eli Drinkwitz this year, like unless they're just super secret plays and formations That a guy like at that time I think it was Dana Holgerson or you know I don't know how many football games Nick Saban's coached I'm gonna guess there's literally nothing Missouri's gonna do that he's not prepared for
1: yeah that's the that's the thing that that makes it a little bit funny is that they are playing Alabama and you know was even said I'm just gonna try to create a little bit more work for uh, someone's staff well luckily for Nick Saban he has actually 87 quality control coordinators (laughs) on staff and I, I, on every player they're going to play this season. So I
0: do actually respect Drinkwitz for answering the question honestly. Like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, most coaches are like, yeah, it's, it's going to go, we'll go on. We'll just, we'll decide when we're ready, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, his answer was honest. And, and I think there was a little bit of like self awareness there. Like, look, we know who we're playing. And so I, I know what I'm saying here. It sounds at least a little bit amusing. But again, you use, whatever you can use um I don't know that it necessarily you know I, I don't think Nick Saban's game plan I don't think he's going to come out there in the first series and if it happens to be Connor Bazelag say, well we prepped for Sean Robinson for six weeks guys and now it's all out the window we we don't know what we're going to do today
1: yeah. Yeah. I think you're generally right. I'm sure that they, they will pretty much stick to their base defense and use their 87 five-star athletes and, uh, yes. and, and probably be okay. Um, you know, it, may, it makes it a little strange for us, obviously, you know, we have no clue what the offense will look like or who will be playing quarterback and and we'll find out at the same time as everyone else when they, they yeah. take the field for that game.
0: Well, and it's funny, one of the, one of the questions we answered this morning in our prediction deal was who's going to be the starting quarterback. and, I read your answer and I thought, well, that's pretty much how I feel. Like we think it's going to be Sean Robinson, but like, why do we think that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't like, have any basis for honestly, thinking that. I think
1: we're, we might all just be like, we might be creating this like media echo chamber where we're like, yeah, I think Sean Robinson's a <laughs> favorite. And so someone else reads that. And they're like, yeah, Sean Robinson's <laughs> the favorite. Cause I heard it from this other person, but none of us actually know. Right. Like it's really what it's based off of was last year's staff being really high on him while they were trying to save their jobs. <laughs>
0: And I, I think it's based on also, you know, Curtis Looper maybe right. being here. Yeah. Now he's not going to pick the, the quarterback. But also, look, Sean Robinson was an Army All American in high school. Yeah. The other two guys weren't, and that's, it, it's the fallacy of recruiting rankings. But when we have nothing else to go on, that's what we fall back on. Yeah. And he has taken a major college snap. Now the other two have to just, yeah, not a lot of funny. them.
1: Yeah, and I think I think. I think Connor Baselike would have been, it would have been a little more open. I mean, obviously, you know, he didn't end up missing a ton of spring ball, but still I think the the knee injury didn't help his case necessarily.
0: Yeah. Those, those three practices two not in pads, I feel like would have it much further along. Uh, no, but, but that's the, your points. Right. Um, offensive line. We don't know. Wide receiver. We think we know it'll be two grad transfers and, and Jalen Knox uh, yep. running back. We definitely know, and, and really the only newsy thing so far out of fall camp to me, Daniel Parker's practicing.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's, yep, that's that's good that's, news. That is definitely significant because, yeah, there's, there's a lot of unknown behind him at tight end for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys
0: who really we heard – their first like month on campus oh this guy's great he's gonna play and then like none of them have ever played
1: right yeah, that's, I that's mean, been the case with pretty much every end. i mean nico yeah. Hay actually played a little nico bit Hay, right he played like
0: and he was there. the only one i didn't hear in the first week of camp oh he's like yeah. honestly i mean brennan scales I don't, i don't remember that's that's going back a while he's yeah. he's been here for a minute but you know we've he was at one time committed to Alabama. I think people were pretty high on him. I, I mean, Logan Christofferson, I remember 100% being told he's going to play this year. And then yeah. he got hurt, and he didn't, and we kind of never heard from him again. And then Messiah Swenson, he is going to play this year. He looks amazing. Got hurt, never heard from him again. Yep. So the key, if you are a tight end, at least under the old staff, was don't look good in fall camp. Don't,
1: <laughs> yeah. don't impress him Try not to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there. I mean, certainly, like one of those guys at least is going to play often. Um, you know, I mean, they can't use Daniel Parker Jr. every single snap, and or you know, I mean, they might, but they they'll also have two tight ends at times. Right. So yeah. that's really more the better point. But yeah, um, I don't know. That's like a little bit of intrigue. The second tight end,
0: <laughs> right? Well, and what's interesting about this, and I I kind of like having a new coaching staff that comes in here and goes, look. We can't tell you who's going to start because we don't know because we've had yeah. three practices. There's there's a lot of good in that because what happens in fall camp, especially when we tend to – when we have more access, is you start to, like, form these narratives in your head that, again, going back to, like, Messiah Swenson, sometimes they just turn out to be crap, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. people – I can't stress enough, all we can write is what people tell us. Now, some of it's on the record, some of it's off the record, all that. Um, you know, and sometimes it turns out to be 100% true. I, I remember before Nick Bolton's uh, first game, you know, they, they loved him. And that's obviously turned out to be very right. But sometimes it doesn't. And so I think it's almost a good thing that, like, for the next month, everybody's just going, hey, guys, we don't know. Because we're not building any – expectations up for these kids that are unfair and unrealistic
1: yeah for sure no there's definitely been times where you know we'll say we've heard so-and-so looks good and then like three years later people are still being like whatever whatever happened to that guy you said he was gonna be good it's like well I didn't say that I mean I just I heard a good thing about him in a passing conversation like it's a little different
0: or like when we used to be able to actually write about what happened at practice Mm -hmm. you know hey this kid had a good day made made three really nice catches I mean yes he is a you know, he's the fourth walk-on, but he had a nice day. Yeah. And then like week six, what about that kid, man? I remember on August 9th, I thought he was gonna be a contributor, you know. So yeah. uh yeah, defensively, um I we know Kobe Whiteside's gonna play. We know Nick Bolton's gonna play. Mm-hmm. I I I could be wrong outside of the grad transfer wide receivers. The only individual player I remember Drinkwood's mentioning this week is Devin Nicholson. So it would seem to me he's probably the other linebacker.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's mentioned a few in various contexts. Like he said, Stacey Brown had an interception, right. but I don't know who that was against or whatever. Um, but he, he mentioned Devin Nicholson looking good. And actually, I think someone else mentioned Devil Nicholson looking good too. I think it was Aubrey Miller. Um, you know, he obviously started a few games last season that would tend to bode well. We know that. Tyree Gillespie and Josh Bledsoe are, are going to start as long as they're healthy. I would assume. I mean, that'd be relatively shocking if they didn't. Um, I think really on the defense, that I've, it's always who can pressure the quarterback, and it's a little bit weird this year. It's we know we kind of know who's going to play at those spots. It's just like can they be better? Because right. you know, unless well, I mean, did mention Sy Martin, so maybe there's a fans can can have hope for that, but. I'd be pretty surprised if Trey Williams and Chris Turner aren't taking the majority of snaps again this year. They just need to be yeah.
0: better. Well, and the interesting thing is, though, like Missouri had a really good defense last year, getting almost nothing from defensive end. Now, that is true. they had Jordan Elliott. And what I'm most curious about defensively is how much of Kobe Whiteside last year was based on playing next to Jordan Elliott. Yeah. You know, now we said the same thing going into last year. A lot of people said, "So is Jordan Elliott really good, or was he really good because he was next to Terry Beckner?" No, it actually turned out he was actually better than Terry Beckner. So, yeah. I don't think Kobe Whiteside's going to be better than Elliott. Can I'm not sure. I think Missouri should be happy if Whiteside
1: is what Whiteside was last year, not if he is what Jordan Elliott was last year. Yeah, no, I think they'd be thrilled. I mean, he was – I mean, numbers-wise, actually, he was better than Jordan Elliott last year. Now, you know, like you said, Jordan Elliott was was getting a lot of attention from opposing defenses, and I agree that's a big thing to watch this year. Um, And I will say, going back to you mentioning that the defense was really good last season, even without getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, Brick Haley has said, you know, this this emphasis on sa- sacks is a little overblown. Our scheme right now, basically, we, we're we're prioritizing stopping the run because in this league, if you can't stop the run, you know you, you've got no chance. Right. Um, so th- that is worth m- remembering. But I still do think that that they need to find a way to to pressure the quarterback with those defensive ends. Um, yeah, and I mean, you and know, I I
0: think the reason but, uh, we focus on that position so much is that's what Missouri became known for. Right. Exactly. I mean, going way back to, you know, Alden Smith, the, even Brian Smith, Striker Shulock, I mean, guys who weren't maybe household names, but they've had some guys there and then they really haven't had those guys for the last four or five years. Um, mm-hmm. The other interesting thing on defense and the back seven, like there's a lot of these guys that, again, we heard about last year. Stacy Brown, they really liked him. Aiden Harrison, really liked him. Chris Sheeran played some. um, uh, Jelani Williams didn't really play, but everybody, you know, likes the kid. Like, there's a lot of guys back there who may not start, but some of them are going to have to factor in here, and I guess we're going to find out. I think part of the reason I don't know what to think of which guys are going to emerge is because, man, it was like musical damn chairs on that defense last year. Like, remember, Cameron Wilkins played three games, and Mm -hmm. everybody talked so great about Cameron Wilkins, and then he was, like, never seen again. Like, yeah. I don't even know if he traveled. And then yeah. that Arkansas game, honestly, I, <laughs> nobody will ever convince me that was anything but a staff that thought it was getting fired that was just throwing dudes out there. That
1: was, that was remarkable. They told us that Ish Burdine was out for the season, and then he played like 50 snaps. Yes.
0: <laughs> and they're just like, who can play in this game and not burn a redshirt? Yeah. Or, you know what, even if you burn a redshirt, it's cool. We're probably not
1: going to be here. Just go. Yeah. That was – the Arkansas game was wild. Like, Jamal Brooks put, but, like, 70 snaps. It was – I was I was watching and literally going, I don't even know who that guy is. And he yeah. – I think he just started it. Oh, outside well, in, the, in the press box, it took us, like, 20 minutes to figure out who Ish Burdine was. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Because so, uh, we'd
0: never actually seen him with a number because every yeah. practice we went to last year, he had a red jersey on. And every single time, one of us would go, now, who's that guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Ish Burdine. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see uh, on you know, on the back end of the defense and the secondary how they kind of choose to use some of these guys. Like uh, one of the names I don't I think don't like you mentioned was Martez Manuel. Like everyone I, talks super highly about him. He played in all 12 games last year. But he also kind of plays the same position as Tyree Gillespie. Do they find somewhere else to use him, or do they just kind of try to, you know, have him stick around and learn for a year? I'm not saying, like, you know, he's in danger. Of maybe transferring, I have no idea. But I wonder if they find a way to try to get him on the field. Um, you know, yeah, you mentioned Stacey Brown and Aiden Harrison. Do, I don't know, do they, like, split time at that third safety spot, like Ronnell Perkins and Khalil Oliver? Um, there's a ton of cornerbacks that are – unproven but we've heard good things about like ennis rake and chris sheeran and ish burdine so some of those guys are going to play in some capacity but i'm curious to see how they uh how they make it all work
0: all right so all this has been based on the idea that in what is it now 37 days we are covering a football game i I go back and forth on this every day. Like, literally yesterday afternoon, I thought, oh, they're playing September 26th. Like, they've made the decision. They've crossed the line. They're going to play. And then NC State goes online, and Notre Dame's not practicing today. And, I, you know, I, it's. I, I think this is very much going to come down to, at some point, how much appetite these schools have for playing football when kids are not going to class mm-hmm. i and I don't know the i i I think that app that appetite will differ. Some people will say, "Yes, let's go ahead and do it." Some people will say man i that's a terrible look. we can't do it, and I don't know where they'll eventually come down. I would think they'll eventually come down on playing because money is greater than optics, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't really know either. Um, I guess so. My thought process, obviously, when the Big Ten and Pac-12 that you know, two Sundays ago it was it was talk was that they were for sure going to cancel. I I mean I I feel like at that point I just kind of gave up. Like, said, 100%. we're not having football. I ha- it's time to accept it. That's a bummer. Um, and then obviously, like you said, the 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 SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve kind of made a line in the sand moment where they said, no, we're going to try to do this. My my feeling though was always it was more so like we're going to try to do this but we reserve the right to change our mind right before kickoff this isn't like a guarantee of anything um you know but it's too early to pull the plug now because we still have you know six weeks or whatever it was um and, and i think you know i don't know my thing is this everyone saw coming that saw it coming that when students would come back to campus there would be big outbreaks and big spikes right so for me the fact that that you know, the administration is already at some places sending students away, closing down campus for a short time. It's like, are you, you knew this was coming and you didn't plan accordingly. And so how could, like, I don't the understand know.
0: Cleared it's like, last week. Exactly. And but that's it, what happened. It,
1: So, so my thought was, okay, so the SEC and everyone must have a, a plan here because they know spike cases are going to spike. Maybe they actually didn't have a plan. Maybe they just decided, <laughs> right. yeah, we want to get people to move back well, in. And yeah, like you be- said, to Those be clear,
0: right. like right now, there are no SEC schools I know of that have gone online. No, right? you're right.
1: You're right. Yes. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying like the three conferences, you know, you think like, okay, yeah, they, you know, they have a plan. They know cases are going to spike. Do they? I don't know. Now, like, I think we clearly know, we, we pretty much know at this point, like football can be played. Like, you know. Yeah. The, like, the, like, let's like,
0: be clear. This, you are not more likely to catch this virus playing football than you are walking across campus right Right. i I mean it's it's not about i feel like i say this every day it's not about football it's not about the activity of football um it's it really is and it's not about the death rate it's 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 about how it looks and it's about the fact that nobody four months ago stepped forward in the ncaa and said these kids are different than the other kids right it's the it's the uh one of my favorite lines from Animal Farm by George Orwell is all animals are created equal but some are more equal than others the football players are more equal than the rest of those kids but the entire system that they've had for a hundred years is based on them not admitting that yeah and if they won't admit that they look bad having
1: football games if they don't have biology class.
0: If they just admit it, no problems.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I would assume the only problem then is you know I get you're you're opening yourself up to players asking for more in the future, which I uh, mean that's happening, bad. dude. Right. Like that's already going on. Yeah. So I don't know. I I yeah. I agree. I, like it's not like yeah. Like I was saying, it's not about can they play football safely. It's it's about yeah, can they play football while cases spike on campus can they play football through these protocols um can they play football if they shut down campus
0: yeah and look nobody knows man i mean i i will say this i think right now the place that everybody needs to be watching if you're a football fan is south bend indiana because notre dame had five positives on the football team today they're i I think their positive test rate today like they have a dashboard you can look at On campus, their positive test rate was somewhere around like 16%. 16% of all tests are positive right now. Uh, Football, is lower. They have five positives. They skip practice for a second straight day. I know most of the people listening to this hate Notre Dame. And they like say, well, Notre Dame hadn't won a national title since 1988. But Notre Dame still matters, guys. And especially in the ACC. And I know some people who either, you know, grew up Notre Dame fans or follow the program closely. And the impression I get is – if there is a place that's likely to say we can't play football without class, it might be Notre Dame. And if Notre Dame says that, I think there's a domino effect, not just because they're in the ACC this year, but also because they're Notre Dame. Like we need to be rooting for Notre Dame to play football.
1: Yeah. I mean, we yeah, I, I, we kind of need to be rooting for, for everywhere. Everybody, but, um, but, 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 but like, so like if Wake Forest that. pulls yeah. out, okay. Yeah, Notre Dame's yeah. different. Yeah, and we've already seen you know North Carolina say yeah okay we'll play with virtual with with classes online and I mean North Carolina's no you know that's a not I know insert your NCAA I think basketball top jokes 25 here, but that's a solid and, and a solid academic like institution. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it, know, I know that jokes are going to come about the class yeah, thing I mean, or whatever, but yeah, I, I, not... I feel like I would get a four zero at North Carolina. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, so it, yeah, I I do think that. What you more worry about is, yeah, a school like Notre Dame, yeah, being less likely to, to say we can play football with, without having students on, general students on campus.
0: Yeah, and uh, right now it feels like, feels like a Red Rover, you know, do you ever used to play that and like everybody's holding hands right now. But what happens if one if one breaks, you know? Yeah. Then then what happens to the rest of them? And like, we're not trying to be negative. I mean, again, I think I speak for everyone on this podcast. We are rooting for the season to be canceled, right? Yeah. We we don't uh-huh. want games to happen, right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's clearly our thing. Um, but a good sign, North Carolina. Well, a good sign if you want football to be played. Um, North Carolina State. You know, yeah, online classes, but we're playing football and. You know here's my whole thing in this too like just if this is your viewpoint it's cool just come out and admit all i care about is that they play football games i don't really care how they get there i don't care about school i don't care what grades these kids get frankly i don't even care if some of these kids get get a little bit sick with the virus i want football if you just say that at the beginning that's cool i mean yeah. like it's it's a you can poke some holes in that argument but at least you're being honest about what your argument is
1: right right yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it would that would have saved us a lot of debates on the or not us but reading (laughs) a lot of debates over the past five months. Yeah,
0: it it, it would have prevented me from rage throwing my phone, reading Twitter every day. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: Um, yeah, and and I want to be clear, like not just fans. Like there's a lot of media making these finding circuitous ways to just say we need to play football games. Like just say, like I want football games. That's cool. I want football games too. so here's, here's what I'm kind of curious about. I asked somebody this about a week ago, and I don't think there's a concrete answer. But like I said, we're 37 days away. So at what point, like what date do we have to reach without any cancellation or anything for you to say, okay, they're definitely playing on the 26th?
1: Hmm. I don't know that I have an exact day on the calendar in mind, but I think if you get to the point where all these schools have had students back for two weeks um, and we're still either open most places or most places or everywhere has said, you know what, even though we've moved classes online, our campus is open technically, you know, air quotes there. So we can have football. Then I think you're okay because I just don't think things would get drastically worse. Now you may still have, a minor outbreak on a team or whatever and that team has to shuffle its schedule or whatever something like that but I think that's over that that can be overcome I think the thing that that I'm we're still not sure if if it has the potential to end all this is like you know as, as schools like Notre Dame are bringing people back if cases spike to the point where you know some schools are uncomfortable continuing to to, to field a sports team with their uh, other, you know, students not on campus that has more likelihood to to cause this thing to go off the rails.
0: And we keep talking about September twenty sixth because that's obviously the SEC. But I mean, Big 12 non-conference games are September 12th. Mm-hmm. We're 23 days from that. So I almost feel like you get halfway there. You get to September 1st. If you're still going, I think they're playing, right? I mean, yeah, that's, likely, it's yeah. not a drop
1: dead date, but that's yeah. my guess. I mean, like there's all, they can always, you know, up until, or well, even after the first game, they can right. always just say, well, yeah, we can't do this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I would, I think, I do think that the, the next probably two weeks is, as you know, because I think most places like the latest, um, unless you're on the quarter system, which I don't know of many places that are in the SEC or ACC or yeah. big 12 um, most places should, should have either already started campus or start next Monday. So I would think that the next two weeks, um, maybe a little more than two weeks, will be the the big time.
0: So uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, football-wise, the AP Top 25 is coming out on Monday. (laughs) I saw Brett McMurphy earlier today tweeted his ballot and said, we were told to consider all teams whether they are playing or not. Nine of Brett McMurphy's top 25 teams won't play a game this year. (laughs) Like, do they just get voted out after the first poll? Or let's say everybody, like, you know, there's going to be, what, 10 teams with, with zero or one loss maybe. That's probably too high, but let's say there's 10. So then everybody else has lost at least two, most of them probably at least three games. Does zero and zero Ohio State finish the season number 12? Or, like, is there some point where you quit voting for them?
1: I don't know. I, maybe if maybe like it would be the one good thing that could come out of this pandemic. If this would be the year we could finally convince everyone to stop paying attention to the top twenty-five polls. <laughs> it's, it's always, like, okay, guys, these are really dumb. But then it'll come out, and your team will be like, not have a number next to his name when it should. And everyone freaks out, and it's just like, or the, you know, oh, well, they beat this team like nine weeks ago, and now they're behind them. This is absurd. It's like it's just dumb. It's just dumb.
0: I mean, if I'm Ryan Day in week eight. I'm going, hang on, man. My team ain't lost a game yet. Why is 4-2 and two Texas A&M ranked ahead of us? That's stupid. I should get my $50,000 for finishing the season in the top 25. Yeah, That's sometimes. the other thing. A lot of these coaches – like, I don't know what Eli Drinkwitz's contract says, but Barry Odom's contract had – I think it was a $5,000 bonus for every week they were ranked Exactly. In the top I was going to say every single week. So- I mean – there's only 77 teams out there like automatically at least 20 of them are disqualified they are never going to be in the top 25 minimum 20 so all you've really got to do is be in the top half of teams playing football I like are coaches
1: going to take these bonuses Oh, I mean, if I, the, unless there's some sort of like a, you know, small print in their, in their I contracts mean, already, you would have to think they're going to pay that But money. talk about an
0: awful look. Like my school is sitting here. Like, we don't know how we're going to survive <laughs> because we're losing money. There's 16,000 fans allowed at games. We got to pay 25 more scholarships. Give me that five grand for being ranked number 25 at two and four.
1: <laughs> i mean come on man I, I mean it would be it would be pretty funny i'm, I'm sure it there would be, be hilarious i'm sure there would be some coaches who would who would give it back a lot of people have already you know taken pay cuts but i have to imagine there are quite a few out there who would say yeah no um we, we could have been ranked <laughs> anyway you know you have right. no way to prove otherwise so i'll take it's, that it's You're in welcome. the contract You're here for making you money
0: yeah um that that was i know i said that was the last thing but i i did kind of think of while we were talking about that so so this idea, and it's it's not passed yet, as I understand, but this idea that you can play as many games as you want this year, and it doesn't count as a year of eligibility. Like,
1: I'm just going to ask you this way. Have you ever seen anything dumber than that? No, it makes no sense. I mean, it, it, I, I can't even wrap my mind around really the thought process. Now, I guess it's something along the lines of, well, we don't want players to worry that they'll – use a year and then halfway through the season, the season will get cut short and everyone will have to abandon or whatever. Like if that situation arises, you can deal try to deal with it on the back end. You know, you, I, it makes no sense to me. No, because like you said, these schools are already strapped for cash. A lot of them are not going to want to pay another, you know, 25 scholarships, a, you know, a year. And then right. you're apps, as we've said, we've said on here before, I believe like you are absolutely ruining the, the recruits for the next four years because yeah. you know, they're going I've, to be buried on death charts.
0: You know, I've talked to some people that like, the belief is coaches don't really want this yeah. because the truth is, I mean, the kids who can go to the NFL are still going to go to the NFL. So the kids who are going to take advantage of this and be on your roster for five or six years, frankly, kids they don't want on their roster for five or six. Like, they want those kids to move on right. and free up the spot. Like I know you're not supposed to say that out loud, but if you're in your fourth year in the program and you haven't seen the field, the last thing the coach wants is for you to be able to come back for another year. Yeah. Um, and and let's take high school recruits out of it. So let's say you are Elijah Young at Missouri, mm-hmm. true freshman this year, enrolled early back in January. True freshman running back. So he comes in, and as of right now, Larry Roundtree and Dawson Downing are gone next year. Mm-hmm. Tyler Beatty's going to be a senior. Let's say Elijah Young would have redshirted this year. He would be a redshirt freshman, four years to play in all likelihood, backing up Tyler Beatty as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So let's say Larry Roundtree plays 10 games this year, and for whatever reason, finds out from the NFL, yeah, you're probably like a sixth-round pick, or you might not get drafted. Let's say he comes back. Now, all of a sudden, Elijah Young has another year sitting behind Larry Roundtree. And, like, I like Tyler Beatty. He's a, a really good college football back I don't know if he's an NFL running back so maybe he takes another year and now all of a sudden Elijah Young is like a redshirt junior before he's starting a game
1: yeah it's off although I guess I mean if, if everyone gets another year like you say does Elijah Young basically can he you know redshirt this year air quotes without having it count as a red shirt. Cause he just gets all nothing. I mean, it would just, it just like, he could still have his, the same number of years to play. He, it would just be pushing it back. by undercount.
0: But then here's the other problem that creates, let's say Elijah Young turns into a guy that runs for 1700 yards in his yeah. third year in the program. Mm-hmm. Dude, then he's gone. Right. right. And right. he has wasted those first two years because he's not started. Now I know the argument's going to be, well, if he's good enough to run for 1700 yards in year three, he's going to play anyway. But my point is, there are so I think this is just so typical NCAA. Let's rush to get this rule out there, and we just really haven't thought about any right. of the things that come with it.
1: Yeah. I just, it, it makes no sense to have players play, you know, eight to 10 game seasons and, and have not have that count. I mean, we just saw Phil Garrett actually, you know, equally tragic circumstances beyond his control only played what four or five games this past year. And
0: that's the other thing. Like you could blow out a knee every time you go on the field, yeah. you don't get that year back.
1: Yeah. Now I, so I, yeah, I, and I get, how it's a harder decision for those schools that took the decision out of the kids' hands by, by, you know, saying, I mean, also right. I, I know they're saying they're postponing this spring, but say they don't play in the spring. You know, that's a more, you know, understandable case to me. Maybe, you know, I still don't know that I agree with the, agree with it, but I could understand the argument those kids deserve for this year, not to count against their eligibility, but not these players in the leagues that are still going to play.
0: Right. I mean, like, look, w- we all know Trevor Lawrence is gone, right? He's yeah. leaving after this year, but like, what if he goes and goes 12 and 0 and wins the national title? Like theoretically this year just wouldn't count. He could, I mean, he could set every NCAA record because he could play, he could be a starter for five full seasons. Yeah. If, if the eligibility doesn't count, I don't think any of the results should count. I don't think any of the records should, none of the stats, like, you do know, None of that counts. If, if, think, if it doesn't count against eligibility, none of that other stuff counts, including your $5,000 bonus for being ranked with a losing
1: record. I think Mizzou would be okay with that as long as they still get – as long as the SEC network check still counts. Right. <laughs> can, as long as that gets paid out, everybody's okay. Yeah, they can play and go three and seven <laughs> and say, yeah, it didn't, didn't count, but we got our money. All right, so this is going to be up on Thursday afternoon. They practice
0: again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They practice Saturday? Yes. Okay. So we've got, we've got access to, I don't know, people the next yeah. couple of days. We don't really know who they are at this point. I think we get assistant coaches at some, at some point
1: here. Yeah, I think the next two days are our only chance to talk to the assistants. I feel like Brick Haley on a Zoom call could be an elite experience. Maybe. I don't know. He's really toned I mean, it down, I feel like, the last couple of years. Like, he, he's, it, it, he's like a- does Zoom have a drop button? <laughs> it should. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think be, I think he'll be purposefully boring. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's too well. bad. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. All right.
0: So, yeah, uh, that's that. We'll, we'll try to do this. I feel like most Thursdays, again, I don't feel like we're going to be able to come on here and say, well, here's what happened at camp this week. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't know. We could, I mean, unless you want to volunteer to be the one that watches like 42 seconds of video from every practice and dissects it in depth, I'll pass. Okay. Well, in that case, there's nobody on our staff that's gonna be doing that. So yeah. uh if anybody out there that wants an internship breaking down the uh the pre-produced uh spin packages that they put out from practice every day, let us know. Uh it's unpaid. Uh, and we aren't very we probably won't be very nice to you, but if you want to do it, <laughs> that's great. So uh all right, that's all I got. Um we'll uh see you on the computer again tomorrow.
1: Sounds good. All right. All right. We're good.